Hey, beer nerds. Welcome to the podcast. Who has time for an intro track when we can just get straight to the interview? Uh, it's been a while since I've done one of these, and that's okay. Uh, celebrating repeal day today is Steve Oliver from OPA Design Studios out in Austin, Texas. Uh, their uh, architectural firm uh, is heavily involved in the beverage industry, particularly breweries. Uh, so they quite literally build breweries, and I thought that'd be a great um, segue uh, for our, our repeal day episode uh, which we recorded today on Repeal Day. Uh, hey, if you have any questions or want to reach out to me, um, you can, I guess. Uh, Michael at buildingbreweries.com. Let's get to the interview. Happy to be joined now from Austin, Texas, a man that quite literally builds breweries, Steve Oliver with OPA Design Studio. It's a uh, architecture firm down there in Texas, and, and you do a lot of beverage industry stuff. Yeah, we've it's got a, a good, healthy mix to... Um, all, all the types that seem to be bottled and canned and out of the tap. At what point did you all, I mean, did you open this place with the idea in mind that you wanted to go that direction or, or did something just kind of click one day and that's the direction you want, you went in? I mean, it was certainly, a, I think a little bit of uh, fortuitous dumb luck. And um, yeah, I had started my company, um, OPA about 10 years ago and um, let's see, it was about 2011 ish. We were, doing some work with a developer around here just outside of Austin. And uh, they made a connection for us to a brewery that was, you know, moving out of a, I think a storage unit uh, and, and looking to do their first ground up uh, brewery project or a brewery facility. And uh, they introduced us, you know, we got along well, quick. And even though we hadn't designed a brewery yet, the uh, uh, everything just kind of felt right. And even though they didn't build at that site, uh, when they found another property, they, they took us along with them. And uh, that was Twisted X Brewery. Um, and that was, yeah, so that was our first. And then... Uh, How long ago was that? Short, um, so we started design on that one in 2011. And I think I think Twisted X opened around 2013, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's a little fuzzy at some point. But sure. they, uh, they, ended, they ended up passing our name along. Um uh, to um, a local kind of bottle shop called The Whip-In that everybody loves that has great craft beer selection. And they were doing an expansion. And um, the general manager there is like very, uh, was very well connected within the brewing industry. And he passed my name along. And then they also, Twisted X, passed it to um, Live Oak Brewery here in Austin, which was making a, a big leap in production. And they were looking to do about a 25,000-square-foot facility and had a beautiful brow con system that they were putting in and um that their ownership they they basically word of mouth it just kind of kept going and the family true grew real fast and then by 2014 the texas legislature uh made changes here on on tasting rooms and uh on-premise sales and suddenly everybody who had opened in the the five years or so around that time time period were looking to kind of rework their, their setups or we're looking for new spaces. And then, you know, the, the wave kind of kept growing from there. What states are you all in? Is it just Texas? Um, the, uh, as far as our brewery work goes, we have uh, work in Texas and Louisiana. we got a brewery going up in Baton Rouge right now. Um, and But we are, we are licensed in, uh, in Nevada as well as Colorado. Um, we're, we're currently getting ready to help some people in some other states. So getting licensed in those states or uh, teaming up with other partners uh, who, you know, would be a good fit to kind of collaborate together on to make sure 
the, the, the legal structure of who, who can be an architect where is being taken care of. So let's say I'm a, I'm a new brewery owner, somebody that's interested in opening up a brewery someday at least. Come to you, and I want to hire you all to help me design this, this building of mine. What, what, what's that process like, and, and how long approximately does it take from conception to completion as far as OPA is uh, concerned? Um, you know, it, it varies depending on if it's uh, a new construction. You know, you got a blank, blank field, and it's got no utilities, or maybe it does have utilities. Um, versus, hey, we've got this old metal building or this, you know, center block, old garage that we're going to convert. So those timelines, on at least on the construction side, can can, can vary between and permitting issues in every state and every city are a little different. But I would say, you know, at least in in the world that I know really well of, of Austin permitting, uh, you you start adding up all the the months together and. Two months, I mean, excuse me, two years start to finish on a site that is blank uh, is not out of the question at all down here because getting a site plan uh, for your new brewery, brewing facility is, is, is the key timeline issue down here. Now, if you're remodeling, uh, you know, an old warehouse or something like that, then uh, utilities are kind of all well in order. Um you, know, you could have a, a three to four month uh, finish out of, of that building. Um, the permitting could take about two months, uh, maybe you know maybe slightly less, but we, we around here it seems to be about two months. other other cities I know it can be a month or, or maybe even more. Um, and then on the design side, I, I tell our clients, you know don't please don't try to sh- like tighten up the schedule to faster than two months because they're there are so many uh, coordination conversations on, you know, particularly about their equipment um, and working with mechanical, electrical, plumbing uh, engineers um, and, and bringing a contractor on board early. So many of those conversations need a little bit of time so that, I mean, you might even change your mind a couple times along the way and you find that, you know, that's, that's, that's not where we want, you know, the boiler to be in relationship to the brew house. And let's, you know, things, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Things start to shift around. So you don't always have that figured out on day one. Sometimes it takes day two or three to kind of really line up the pieces after you've had a good night's sleep or two along the way. And, and so all in all, if, it, if it's a remodel, you know, the process can be much faster than the ground up construction, mm-hmm. um, you know, along the lines of, uh, you know, nine, 10 months total. When you are working with these new brewery owners or potential brewery owners, what concerns do they come to you all with? I mean, anything common that you've seen a trend with or just uh, anything out of the ordinary? Um, I, I would say there is a, a consistent um, kind of group of issues. I, I mean, cost, the changing cost um, issues right now, particularly you know, steel prices have changed so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so some buildings, you know, it, it, they're seeing that, that unpredictability of, Hey, you know, I, I feel like I can get this done for uh, a metal building for a half million dollars and I'm going to have another half million dollars in equipment. So a million, right? And I'm kind of like, wait a minute, hold on, how, how many square feet do you want? And then I start telling them some stories of, you know, recent bids from contractors and, and they're like, you're kidding me. It's, it's going to cost, you know, 25, 50% more than they thought. And that's just on the building side, not necessarily um, the equipment side. So, 
it causes some people to kind of pause and go, you know, are, are we at the right starting point with our investors and uh, stuff like that? Um, so that, that costs are always a, a key element, and that's why we often encourage bringing in a contractor early um, because we know we got to get the cost right. And as much as I can forecast some rough numbers, you know, I'm not in contact with, you know, the framers and uh, the plumbers on a, on a daily basis in the same way a contractor is. So once they kind of weigh in on the conversation, they start to breathe another layer of reality into the discussion on, you know, yeah, this, this might be $120 a square foot, not the $80 a square foot you thought, or, or even more. And so we kind of lay out, you know, kind of the laundry list of recent projects that without naming names of like, Hey, this was this many square feet. And it was this much per square foot. And look how much was spent on plumbing and electrical. Hmm. Um, plumbing and electrical often drive the the brewery budget um, and, and build out. We can make a great tasting room, and you know the materials might change a little bit on countertops and stuff like that. And the lighting certainly, uh, you can spend a fortune, or you can keep it pretty cheap. But under slab plumbing and the, you know three phase and single phase power to different you know different areas throughout the brewery those. Those costs are not typical to, to even some of the restaurant finish outs. Have you noticed any any changes to the interiors of these places that you build and work on throughout the years? I mean, you know, are you noticing anything that's just different about these places now? Um, I think they're starting to, we're starting to get a little bit more variety beyond just kind of the, the open beer hall feel. Um, I think people are becoming a little bit more sensitive to uh, a, a couple issues. One is acoustics, and that's, you know, when you got concrete, when you've got when you got concrete floors, and maybe you're in a, like a remodeled metal building, and you know there's there's not a lot of soft materials around there. People are like, you know, I just want a space that's got a little bit more of a, a brew pub feel, and especially since the market has shifted so much more to doing neighborhood focused brew pubs um, rather than big production facilities with the tasting room connected to it. Um, as that market shift has occurred, so many of our clients are looking to, you know, I don't want to do, I don't want to be just like the other 20 breweries that opened last year, last year or two in the Austin area. We want to be, we want our own vibe. And so that means maybe we don't have, you know, three rows of beer hall style tables. And let's, let's start to get some variety within the, uh, within the space that starts to break it down and have a little bit more of a personal feel. So we've seen some of that, um, and um, there's something else I was going to say about that. But I'll, I'll think of it later. When you visit a, a tap room or a brewery that you didn't actually design yourself, does anything ever like typically pop out at you as kind of just like, oh, well, that's not how I would have done it? Architects are notorious for just, we, we walk in spaces all the time going, now that's super cool. Um, great idea. Or, you know, huh, missed opportunity. I, but I do that within my own spaces too. You know, we're, we're, we're pretty self-critical of our own work and, you know, you wish you th- think of every great idea or foresee every issue during design and construction. And sometimes when a space ultimately is finalized and you're kind of looking at that, you're like, hmm, you know, that if we could have just gone back in time, we would change that one piece. And, you know, mostly those are things we're the only ones who notice. Mm-hmm. Very rarely does anybody else care. Um, but occasionally, you know, I, I can think of a project where, I'd go back and change a certain area of lighting. I know I would if I'd won the lottery tomorrow. I would go in and swap out the lighting for him. It's not done. It's just due. 
Yeah. For for existing breweries that come to you all for expansion projects, are you noticing uh, a more of a request to redesign the taproom space or to redesign the production space? It's been a mix. Um, we've we've definitely the the project the the breweries that we've worked with recently uh, who are older uh, within the you know the re- the relative time frame of the, the the several phases of the brewery booms that have kind of occurred. Um, that they are realizing that with the increased competition and it's a healthy competition, uh, that they want to update their tasting room. Some, um, we've, we've certainly seen that. And, um, that, that's, that's been nice because you, you know, that it's just going to keep, well, there's a couple issues. One, they don't want to disrupt their current crowd, but at the same time, they do want to you know make sure that they're, they're, they're relevant as far as the, you know, hang out on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday kind of situation. Um, and then we have seen a few who have looked at, um, you know, keeping their existing location, um, but building a new production facility because they like the market that they serve, uh, but their current production setup isn't so efficient. So they'll move, they want to move some of their production to, um, another another new location to serve another neighborhood, um, knowing that their their intent is not to go, you know, super big, but just kind of a little bit get more efficient on what they're currently doing. Don't abandon the crowd they've got, but then you know, attract a new crowd somewhere else in town. What advice might you offer to these potential new breweries and, and their owners? Um, how to best work with the design uh, or, or with the, uh, with the architecture firm that they're working with? Like what, what just makes it easier for you all? Um, you know, and, and I'll, well, I'll, I'll kind of plug us just for a second before yeah. truly answering the question. And that is um, even if someone is not like looking to bring in an architect from out of state to become, you know, get licensed in the state or collaborate with like a joint venture setup. I think just even a little bit of, of consulting time with between like our, our company and a local architect to say, Hey, here's some of the things you need to know as you're going through this process. We'd be happy to kind of review some things at key moments because, um, if you get a you know, some, some core parts of the project kind of wrong, uh, just, yeah, wrong without the right filter of, this is what's really important to brewers. You got to get yourself out of your design only architecture head and really think very functionally because if you get the function wrong, then nothing else is going to matter. Dollars won't be made as, as well for that brewer. And it doesn't matter how nice the tasting room is. Uh, the back of house really has to work well. And sometimes it's only known through work, working with a lot of vendors, a lot of equipment providers along the way as to, um, you know, this is what works well for this kind of brewery setup. So, I, I think a consulting aspect it, it should all it sh- should be a consideration for a lot of people. Um, a lot of times, though, there's a lot of brewers out there who they they, they kind of know how to set up their brewery um, from a back of house setup without a lot of architectural input. Um, they can be of a, a, a strong. They can have a lot of strong guidance to their architect. They just need to lay out that information up front. Um, so that their architect can begin to process that at the beginning of the project. Um, because if it's kind of a seek and find 
process along the way where the architect's kind of constantly trying to mine information out of the brewery team, um, it, it can create a scenario where you're going to have a lot of design changes and hopefully not construction changes along the way as you find out, oh, if I would have known that, I would not have, I would not have put the drain lines from my brew house set up like this. Hmm. Um, we found we found even the most knowledgeable of brewers out there, their breweries, they only know their brewery. They don't know their brewery in another reorganized fashion, and they might miss out on opportunities to do it even better than what they are currently doing it without kind of throwing away all the lessons learned they've had over the years. Because there, yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of best practice in this industry, but a lot of times there's there's just a ton of ways to do it. It just might make more sense to one brewer than the other. And those two guys are never going to do the same kind of brewery. They're just, that's not how they want to work, whether it's about forklift access or uh, curbs around a, you know, a, a brew house area where no, like we'll never, we only want trench trains. We only want spot trains, even little things like that. They, they've got different opinions on it. Um, yeah, it, it, as far as advice, to other brewers in other states who kind of kind of do their own thing, they, I would say, best advice I can have is make sure that the architect and the equipment makers have as much like your your brew house people, your uh, the boiler people, encourage them to just fall in love with these pieces of equipment and know them as well as they want you know as is there appreciation for like a nice copper backsplash behind behind the you know the tap wall because um, it is so much more important that they understand that that equipment is in those relationships uh, as anything else. Also, like really encourage those owners and those architects to meet early with code officials in their city, um, whether it's the fire marshal or uh, health inspector. Um, they, every city has different kind of uh, hot items or pinch points in, in, in the review process that um, can, can really trip a project up. And, and here in this city, you know, we, we find that we go in and as we're going through the permitting process, reviewers will say, you know, hey, have you, we need your mechanical engineer to show the glycol lines on their mechanical sheets. And I say, like, hold on, is this, when did you guys start this policy? And they'll, they say, oh, we've always had this policy. Hmm. Like, no, you haven't, because I was here last week on another project, and you guys didn't ask for the glycol on. But those, as cities review more and more breweries, they're becoming smarter about what they're reviewing, but they're also making it more technically challenging for uh, for the architect, the owner, and all the people who support the brewery to come in with the right information, and it can slow down the permitting process. Um, we've got you know, we've got a scenario where they're uh, because of some um, too hot of liquids going down certain drains. Cities are asking for uh, holding tanks for releasing all the you know the oh. release of production waste, as opposed to so you can regulate the pH and the and the temperature before you put it down the drain. Well, you know, if you know that up front and that's just how a city is going to do it, that's one thing. But if you don't find that out till the moment you walk in to submit your drawings, 
you might not have the floor space for that holding tank. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we're also working with the brewing community here to kind of illustrate to local officials that maybe that holding tank isn't so necessary. Um, you know, just because there was a bad apple out there who might have damaged some some sewer lines by releasing, you know, an entire batch down a drain all at once out of a, you know, I don't know, 30-barrel tank. <laughs> I don't know what the scenario was, but all the breweries kind of, they need to understand that they're all in this together and, and, and work with the code officials to not be creating too many onerous rules based on one or two scenarios. So if somebody does need... OPA to come in and design a space. What's the best way to reach you all at? At designopa.com. Other people find us through our blog, Brew Architect. Yeah, we, we just kind of take the conversation from there. And I'm, we're, we're, we're very much an open book at making sure people kind of have the right information to start, whether that's with us or with somebody else, because there's a lot of great breweries out there designed by a lot of great architects. It, it, you know, having somebody who's done one before um, it is a big deal. Um, even if it's only one before, even if it's only having done one, it's they, they're going to understand the issues a lot more than someone who's only done, done restaurants or an office building. You know, a great designer does not equal necessarily a great brewery. That makes sense. Steve, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, we are recording on repeal day right now. So I uh, kind of want a beer, I think right now, just to, to celebrate that. <laughs> so appreciate your time, Steve. You got it. Thank you, Michael.